Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 198, episode 5 of Dare Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Friday, August mm. 20th, 2021. My name Hi, is hey. Jack O'Brien, aka All in All, it's just a, another kick in the balls. That is courtesy of Pink Floyd, and I feel like a more accurate description of our current post-apocalyptic landscape. I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Mm. With vaccinations, you'll survive with your life. But you gotta be smart about it Inoculations will give you life Okay, that's Usher. You don't have to call, but talking about vaccines, who knew Usher yeah. was doing the right thing with vaccinations at his Vegas show? Shout out to me, again, right there, doing some Usher vaccine adjacent AKAs. The old Ursh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you didn't mention the fact that it's going to make my semen less valuable uh, on the open well, market. We'll, but. We'll, 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 we'll debate that later on in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't leave out the most important part of the story. Yeah. Miles, say, before we get to... ain't junk, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to our guest, we got to let him know. Five days, let two minus know. five days, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. for all you six speed freaks on the East Coast. We are bringing you the year 2000 and a live streaming audio visual extravaganza. Interactive. Uh, we'll riff on ridiculous pictures. We'll dance to ridiculous music. We'll are you going to dance? We'll talk about... Oh, you hell better yeah, dance, dude. Bull. I know. I keep saying that, and I'm definitely not going to dance. I, but, and but, whenever uh, I see you say that, I'm like, I'm going to make this man fucking dance. <laughs> dance. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. I kept saying we were going to talk about Shrek. That was 2001. What the fuck am I doing? Mm, yeah. We're, instead, we're going to be talking about Tom Hanks' pee fetish. That's this show. Yeah. Because this was the year that it came to its climactic culmination in both uh, Castaway and The Green Mile. Some painful peeing. <laughs> we might even answer some of your questions. I mean, we will. We will. Because we're we, going to have a chat. Yeah, we'll definitely. And you can go off in the chat. We'll ask questions. We'll take questions. Join us. Chris Crofton, Sue Producer, Chris Anna Hosnier. We're going to be in the building. Go to momenthouse.com slash the daily zeitgeist. And don't worry if you can't watch it live. If you buy your ticket, you will be able to watch it on demand. Yeah, yeah. Up to a week later. So, yeah, get it in. Bang, bang. Uh, well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious writer, comedian, and podcaster whose byline has appeared in GQ and The Ringer, among others. He is the senior film and culture writer at Uproxx and the founder of Film Drunk, the Frockcast, and the wonderful Sopranos podcast, Pod Yourself a Gun. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Vince Mancini! Hey. Guess who just got back today? Oh, was I not uh, <laughs> oh, forced to do was, the singing like you guys? Whoa. I didn't like. Please, I didn't prepare please. a parody, but I was right there. Like you the Vince is back in town. Mm, that's uh, right. That was great, man. How, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just, uh, you know, breathing in a lot of wildfire smoke and uh, and, and hacking up flim balls. It's great. Yeah, it's real yeah. Fun. Taking wild hits of uh, <laughs> forest ash. Yeah. Yeah. It it gave me a headache yesterday. I was like, wait, it's my, I was like, is it my allergies? I'm like, no, it's the wildfire headaches I get. Yeah. Mm. You know what? You know how they put like fluoride in the water to keep our teeth nice and white? I feel like they should put like nicotine in the pine trees. That way, like when (laughs) the chill us out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. When the wildfires happen and then, then at least it's like, you know, we get a little uh, cigarette high off of it. (laughs) I do wonder, like, is there a THC content to the air in Los Angeles these days, just because of all the weed farms that are burning up in Northern California? I I mean, I think like eighth grade me would have been like, dude, I bet if we drive close enough, like we get so high just from reading the air. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I doubt it. Wouldn't be know, enough mostly. for you to notice, Miles. But if I start having panic attacks and thinking everybody's talking about me, I'll let y'all know that that'll probably be a good sign that I'm getting a little bit of a contact. All right. All right. I'll let you know or let me know. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, Vince, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're Uh-oh. talking about. We're going to check in with Floyd Ray Roseberry. I mean, that is the most MAGA name possible. I don't think you could fucking workshop that any better. That's the dude who was live streaming his standoff with Capitol Police outside of the Library of Congress with his in his pickup and with his finger on a detonator. Wow. Just another little surreal scene from this modern world of ours. Uh, we're going to talk about anti-vax sperm. It's the new goal. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this for a long time, but finally the world has caught up. We will talk about <laughs> the the FAA is having to, you know, deal, deal with airplane passengers uh, in, in a new way where yeah. th- things have just gone too far, it seems like. Uh, so they're, they have uh, updated their... I don't know what is it their bill of passenger like bill of rights or something. No, I mean they they've they've announced that they just they're like, oh, we've given out a million dollars in fines already for people oh, fucking wow. around on planes, and we've done it faster than ever before. Congrats! So, congrats, anyway, America. We'll, we'll go into some of the fines and that everyone's acting like a feral cocaine hog on an airplane now. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about Fox News vaccination. They're they're about to have to reveal their vaccination status. We'll talk about the Canadian election. We'll talk about that new Jeopardy host. Uh, we're getting mm. new details of what that search in quotes looked like and what kind of dude he is. All of that, plenty more. But first, Vince, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? I, I recently searched Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I wanted to know what he looked like, you know, kid from uh, Home yeah. Improvement. Yeah, that's and? a that's a common search, actually. I think I think we've had that before. You so you were looking for present day JTT? Yeah, my stepson was watching an old movie with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and I wanted to know what he looked like now. And I got like I guess he had been photographed for the first time in like eight years recently and mm-hmm. it was uh it didn't tell me much it was just him in a hat and some glasses vaping while he walked a couple poodles He's oh wow poodles. yeah wow. damn that picture does make me feel old <laughs> yeah i gotta see wow. this now wait he's wearing a mets hat Uh-oh. i mean it's a double-edged sword because it's like you don't want to be a public figure anymore which I respect. But then like when you get photographed once every eight years, every time people are like, oh, my God, he's aged. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, yeah. His, <laughs> his kick and gene game are offensive. Those yeah. new balances are on tight, my guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, he's got the beat up old new balances. The are those boot cut jeans? I guess those are more no, straight no, like jeans. Still, yeah, but, he, yeah. He, he knows okay. better, but they're they're still right. baggy as fuck. <laughs> no, I was saying like, is is he cool? Does he have bootleg jeans <laughs> like uh, the coolest among us do? Are those cool now? Are those cool again? <laughs> don't please. I don't, hope don't so, man. Him. Don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's upside <laughs> down. He bought. I'm a fucking, upside down on some bootleg jeans, man. Yeah. I got. I he got bought a whole shipping container. Pulls. He's yeah, like, heavily Dude, leveraged. It was only seventy <laughs> grand for this whole shipping container packed to the gills with boot cut Lee jeans. Oh man, <laughs> so cool though, because you know you got you got to <laughs> let them know tight up. Top, I'm still not little, convinced. You're not gonna convince yeah. people with that that very low energy pitch. <laughs> oh man, gotta, you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, what is something you think is overrated? I mean, this is an easy one. I don't know if someone's done this yet, but uh, I mean, the Afghan National Army. Mm. <laughs> you weren't impressed? Yeah, a bit of a paper tiger there, seems like. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, what a fuck. I mean, right now there's people, they're they're reclaiming parts of the country. So this thing is, is just all over the place. That whole thing was just so wild. Like, along with that, I mean, talk about the U.S. military, like, being completely overrated after that as well like when you're thinking oh yeah 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 they're 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 fine this thing is unwinnable and was just a big old military you know fire sale slash spend a palooza and then we get this now yeah yeah and did we pay any of the people in the afghan national army i feel like it was a lot of uh well you don't want to pay them because then they'll get lazy I, I mean, thought there was a I thought there was like pallets of money going around to warlords kind of thing. 
Well, that yeah. was how they were trying to get people to agree to the, you know, like new policies of this government. And it was just sort of basically like, what if we give you money to agree? And they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. great. And that's just not a sustainable way of doing things. Right. As podcasters, and then we're like, why are these people know. so corrupt? We paid them to do what we wanted. It's weird. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's why, like, I think every like everyone now who's looking at it, who before wasn't like, this is an absolute waste, is like, wait, it was what? Oh, well, that sounds like an absolute mess. Like, yeah, it was. What's something you think is underrated, Vince? I mean, on that note, I got to go with the Taliban. You know, they just uh, seem like they wanted it more. <laughs> had a lot of just grit out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they had to. Going yeah. for all, getting all the loose balls. Yeah. Taking out the lunch pail and uh, going to work, you know? They're grinders. I've always said that about the Taliban. That's what, that's what, y'all sound like Donald Trump. He said, like, yeah, they're great negotiators. But he was saying he was he's big. He was bigging up the Taliban. Uh huh. But uh -huh. again, this is I think, and that's why I think you saw a lot of conservatives who are like suddenly like Team Taliban all of a sudden, and you're like, what the fuck is? Huh. Yeah, they kind of re like I saw some right wing guy tweet about how you know the Taliban is pro abortion and anti all these liberal things, and he was like, why why were we on the other side again? And it was like. Yeah, I mean, we've been calling you guys the American Taliban for like 10, 20 years now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's weird that you just noticed the similarity. Oof. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, you were right. Y'all weren't kidding. Okay. Well, speaking of the American Taliban, let's get to this, this gentleman by the name of Floyd Ray Roseberry, just kind of announcing himself on the scene in a big way yesterday morning by pulling his pickup. On, up uh, on the front doorstep of the Library of Congress with a detonator and uh, live streaming his negotiations with the Capitol Police. Just a nice little snapshot of like what, what we got festering just below the surface on in the uh, right wing portions, the right wing echo chambers of the country. Did you guys catch any of uh, any of his commentary? No, I didn't watch it. I saw someone who had a written description of the main points of his live stream yeah and i mean it's this is you know this is this seems like a natural extension after january 6th of people who don't see any sort of uh repercussions for doing shit like this and that that this is a way to do something but this guy didn't even it seemed like he wasn't even clear on what he wanted aside from saying i want to speak to joe biden but he can resign <laughs> i also don't want to harm anyone said he wants to talk to samson that's what i heard yeah exactly <laughs> He really came to speak to the manager of D.C. <laughs> in the weirdest fucking way. Yeah. And it was just it's fright on some level. I'm like, this is all I mean, this dude's pump faking or whatever. But also, fuck, like this is I mean, so real now that this is yeah. uh, you can tell by the way the language he's using. He's trying to say, like, some of you are calling yourselves patriots, but you're golfing and doing this other stuff. We need to do shit. I, I, fuck. <laughs> It seems like the official ideology of like the the Trumpist right is incoherent rage now, and uh, and so like the, every time one of them gets up to shout, it's just like a, a stream of consciousness, like set of grievances. And uh, I'm curious how this uh, negotiation goes because uh, I haven't I haven't heard what he wants yet, but I'm sure it's super uh, super coherent. Well, right now, right, he did he he gave it up. Yeah, they did take him into custody at the end of it, so he didn't blow anything up and ultimately got whatever he was looking for. So, I mean, he's probably in a meeting with Joe Biden right now. No uh, no word on, on how those negotiations are going, but we'll see. You know, Probably just his, his sizzle reel for like a Newsmax show that he will <laughs> do right. from prison. Yeah. yeah. That's the main thing that we all want is just a media career. But I mean, you know? like, you know, with all even all jokes aside, you can tell the way this guy's talking, this isn't going to stop. And yeah, no. it's it's just going to get worse. You know what I mean? And like I as much as I'm like, <laughs> I'm also like it's you know, everything is unfolding in a way that seems very predictable where there's still these people who call themselves, quote unquote, patriots who are trying to rally each other and embolden each other. And I'm I don't I'm I'm curious to understand what the end game is like in terms of what this I don't know, like what domestic this domestic terror problem and how that's going to play out and ultimately be settled or not or embraced 
it's uh yeah lot going on yeah. lot going on then there was like a there was a, another bomb scare in like times square too at the same time and then there was a truck on like the bay bridge that was like on fire this, this was a mm-hmm. fucking wild morning yeah yeah our understanding of what like liberty and uh, all the things that we talk about uh our understanding of what that means gets like narrower and narrower and more scattered to the point where it's just like well, I ain't putting on no mask, man. This is America, and if uh, you ask me to do that, I'm a, I'm just a patriot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Liberty is me being able to do whatever I want in this moment, right now, regardless yeah. of consequences. Seems to be the going definition in some in some circles. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just the the world is painful right now, and we've got a lot of people who are making a lot of money giving people convenient scapegoats and lies and targets. And I, I don't know how it's going to get better before it gets worse. Cause he even said something about his health care, you know, right. and like not getting able to get like shots for his back. I don't know if he's in the cortisone or whatever, but something. And like, you realize too, that like all, so many people are feeling the squeeze of how fucked up and just inhumane this country is. But, but people are get get squeezed through these media machines and come out the other side thinking like, oh, it's because of this, that, and the other thing that is the reason why my life experience is like this. And yeah, and then it just manifests into this real world nightmare shit. Yeah, they're all mad about like real shit. And then uh, it just gets, who they blame gets really scattered and right. weird. It's like, oh man, I can't believe can't get the shots I need. And it's like, oh, is it because we you don't have health care? It's like, no, nah, it's because like immigrants and, uh, and maskers and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, I mean, sure. But I mean, that's the brilliance of how these like the media apparatus, apparatus machines are working to keep people on a steady diet of misinformation to just be like, mm, you're always going to be close enough to the problem, but not quite to begin to like move in a direction that's constructive. Yeah. It's the kind of natural outcome of a world where there's not really a media. There's like a bunch of machines feeding people content just based on what's going to keep them, quote, engaged the most. Yeah. And so it's just, a, you know, whatever they want to hear. Like mm-hmm. you, the re- reality becomes a, you know, self-fulfilling. It just generates from whatever they want to hear is, is what, what reality becomes. Yeah, VCs ruined the internet first, and then now they're ruining the actual uh, world. Yeah. It's fun. It is. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And let's talk some uh, anti-vax sperm. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like in online communities, there's a uh, new conspiracy theory mm-hmm. bubbling up. Uh, that's kind of a gross way of putting it. But uh, essentially, anti-vax guys are <laughs> saying their sperm will become one of the most in-demand substances on the planet. Yeah. Because those of us who got suckered into taking the vaccine are now going to be sterile, sterilized. I think that's a big part of the the anti-vax. If there's many things. Texas theory. gold, they called it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Texas, Texas pearl. Yeah. <laughs> they say, but essentially, the, the logic, it's, fuck, this is just a confluence of so many weird things, but the logic is that because the vaccine is experimental, that their fears about, you know, like what it means because it's ex- experimental and unsafe and like the great herd thinning of the, you know, elite, the global elite that essentially their fears will play out in this way that vac- the vaccinated population just falls apart because everyone is poisoned. And then at those that want healthy offspring are going to be breaking down the doors of unvaccinated men. And it's just going to be just it's going to be raining. And like all conspiracy <laughs> theories, this is a combination of a couple things that are true, along with some total bullshit. But their red string theory shit doesn't doesn't even come close to being related in any significant way. But it's just enough like you could put three articles in front of someone and be like, and this is the theory. So the first part is 
They think the Red Cross is asking for unvaccinated blood. They're saying un- the Red Cross says unvaccinated blood, high in demand, and also turning away vaccinated donors. Not true at all. Absolute horseshit. There's nothing even remotely close to this statement being true. But they want it to be true. They want it so, to be true. I, like with uh, Cliff, Floyd, Ray, Roseberry, it's, you know, whatever they want to be true creates, it, it just becomes yeah. the reality. Then yeah. the next part is that sperm banks apparently have like low reserves at the moment. That is true. But all of them say it's because of COVID. It's just slowed down donations. It's not because of anything else going on. It's just because we it's a pandemic. So right. some not everyone's priority is to go on down to the sperm bank for a donation at the moment. Then you have the like their subreddit of like Wall Street bets vibes that has people on some fucked up monetary speculation tick or kick. Uh. So they're like, OK, man, this is like the new game stonks. AMC <laughs> shit, to the moon. but my cum and right. that's my cum. I'm long on wing that jizz. I'm short <laughs> on coal. <laughs> right. So you see, like, there's this they, uh, in this Vice article, they say that there's a, a screenshot from like this headline of an article from a crypto blog uh, that says, "quote Is unvaccinated sperm really the next Bitcoin?" <laughs> and that is being passed around, no context. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the if you read the article, the answer is no. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a very, very odd thing. You look at some of the comments and say, mark my words that unvaccinated sperm and blood will be in, in high commodity in a few months to a year. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, and then the other thing is, the irony here is that a lot of studies have shown that COVID has been detected in penile and testicular tissues, as well as sperm. And some have even found it could possibly lead to erectile dysfunction and infertility if you have COVID. Uh, But that's, again, they take a lot of the stuff that you see as research into those things as causation or or correlation to be like, yeah, you know, I mean, they're looking into it. So it must be that vaccinated sperm could be poison. Well, I feel like every new thing, like the go-to conspiracy, is that, uh, like, like, oh, the soy, this soy is gonna make me gay, ain't it? Or uh, right. you know, the vaccine is like, oh, it's, it's, it's about my dick again, and, and uh, <laughs> it's about my dick again. <laughs> it's the yeah, it's the it's the go-to thing. It's like, you know, I mean, yeah, who'd be... have thought that the the way into a toxic man's heart is to threaten their peepees, and then <laughs> yeah. immediately yeah. they're on board to be like, oh no. Oh, no. Threaten our nation's most vital resource, which is, you know, our masculinity. I've heard PSAs and seen some online that are like with doctors sort of going that route to be like, you should get vaccinated because COVID could potentially give you erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. come on. Think about your pee pee. Yeah. And like they were really leaning into the like, hey, man, pee pee care, but get the (laughs) vaccination. But yeah, this is, you know, the, the always checking in with what the conspiracies are, because first it was like. They were wearing masks because they were worried about getting COVID from vaccinated people. And now we're at a place where the sperm is gold. I just like it's about my dick again as like a just stand like somebody reviewing their thoughts. <laughs> it's about my dick again. They're like it? going to a therapist. And be like, <laughs> what? Uh, I had another dream. You, it's about my yeah. dick again. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, you know, hodl that sperm, as they say on Reddit, hold on for dear life. So, mm-hmm. do, oh, that's do what, what that is. Do. Yeah. Hodl. Yep. Hell yeah. Is that so, so is like Sting going to be our new king? <laughs> He's just holding on to this his sperm forever. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. I it's it's, it's different. Yeah. This is this is where we're at now. Where sperm could be the new crypto. Or at least right. we have people really mentally, emotionally invested in that idea. They yeah. should go mine for it. They should do some jizz coin mining. <laughs> I watch. Oof. Someone's gonna start that as a joke, like jizz coin, and then mm-hmm. it's and then let the internet do its thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the FAA. They recently announced that they've reached a new milestone in record time. After going through 3,889 reported incidents, they've now charged people with fines that have gone over $1 million. Mm -hmm. So I think that we should just take this as a 
as a report card and say congratulations to America. Uh, we did it. We Killing did it. it. Absolutely. No one knows how to act. Everyone is on some other about to snap type energy, no matter what. Yeah, there's like a sort of collection of some of the fines that have been doled out. And these aren't just like little slaps on the wrist. Some people are like $45,000 fine against a passenger in May of this year because someone was allegedly throwing objects, including his carrying on luggage at other passengers, refusing to stay seated, lying on the floor in the aisle, refusing to get up, then grabbing a flight attendant by the ankles and putting his head up her skirt. The passenger was placed in flex cuffs and the flight made an emergency landing in Virginia. Another one is $42,000 for a passenger in May on JetBlue from a flight from Queens to San Francisco, allegedly interfering with crew members, failing to comply with the face mask mandate, making non-consensual physical contact with another passenger, throwing a playing card at a passenger and threatening him with physical harm, making stabbing gestures towards certain passengers, and snorting what appeared to be cocaine from a plastic bag, which the cabin crew confiscated. The passenger became increasingly agitated, and the crew equipped themselves with flex cuffs and ice mallets to ensure the safety of the flight. If his behavior worsened, they had to divert to Minneapolis. Ice mallet sound like sounds like a like Marvel Universe weapon. I'm assuming it's just mallets to break up the ice. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's the little ones because when they get the bags of ice on board, you gotta right. You know, kind well, of it used to be an ice pick, but you can't use that anymore because it's a weapon. I guess right. Oh, so use that mallet. makes sense. Did they have whenever ice somebody's picks like on the flight? I mean, I don't know, but I assume that's why they. I've never heard of an ice mallet. I assume right. that's just the thing that they had to invent for a plane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if you're breaking up ice, well, I don't know why you would have to break up ice at your house, but usually you'd use, like, something, like an ice pick, right? You don't use, like, a meat tender. What's it for, like, isn't that an ice pick, like, old school? Like, if you just got a block of ice, you know, like, if, yeah. and you're just like, yeah. hey, you want to. Just wanna, gets in there and chips it apart. And you're like, hey, you want to you wanna cold the scotch on the rocks? And, like, <laughs> and you're just, like, <laughs> putting the fragments in a glass. I don't, ice experts, let me know how this works. But whenever I get a bag of ice, you just slam it on the ground. Yeah, but I think if you're a real deal bartender or, or sorry, mixologist, I think yes. you still have to, you know, pick your own uh, ice. Like you have to have like bespoke uh, ice cube shapes. Right. Right. Of course you do. The other thing, another fine was uh, over $30,000 for someone in January, allegedly assaulting passengers around him because someone in his row would not change seats to accommodate his travel partner. He told his travel partner he would need to bail him out of jail for the physically violent crimes he threatened to commit. The captain returned the flight to the gate where law enforcement met the passenger. Southwest banned him from flying. And then it says the FAA does not put passengers on no-fly no lists. So whenever, whenever that happens on my plane, I like to turn to the guy next to me and go, I wonder which vaccine he got. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, like, this, uh, this, I feel like this stuff is just a huge indicator for how angry, stressed, depressed, how little fucks people give at the moment it's a little jarring you know like I, to the point where the last couple of times i was on a plane i was bracing myself for shit to kick off i'm like please like mm -hmm. if i hear someone like laugh loudly i'm like oh god they're something's <laughs> about to go down well we just keep we keep adding more and more rules to plane travel while uh, offering less and less service so it's just like you get in the airport and you're immediately having to do the whole like TSA exam. And now it's like, you know, have your mask on at all times and this and that. And then meanwhile, like flights are like canceled, delayed. People are spending like, you know, three days uh, on an airport and then you shove them into a plane after all that. Like, yeah, it's going to be some bad stuff happening. Yeah. I mean, there it seems like the airlines are understaffed as well. Mm hmm. I had to change a flight and spent five hours on on hold. We, we like five the hours end, on hold. five hours. Like I have the screen cap because we were like, wow, this is record. We were just like doing it as a bit after a while. Mm -hmm. We were like, there's no Whatever way they're going to like come on and like yeah. help us. And then they did. They ultimately came on. And they were super helpful and uh, rebooked our flight for us. But literally five hours of hold time. And so I have another theory here. That because aren't flights not serving drinks right now? Like Some during aren't in flight. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is people realizing they're not going to be able to order drinks on the flight and like 
overshooting the mark when they get drunk before the flight. And like, so they're just extra extremely because this all seems like shit that I would have done when I was blacked out at at various points. Hold not, on. Not you like, would have stuck your head up a flight attendant's skirt on a No, airplane? I guess not all of this stuff. <laughs> okay, but you would like, have snorted you know, cocaine doing out of drugs a bag? in the open. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that that one felt like, oh no, I could I could Oh no. <laughs> What's the date on this? 2021, thank God. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's the old, you got a pregame and then sometimes you pregame a little too much and yeah. uh, and it ruins the actual game. Cuz some yeah. of the fines are also for people drinking outside alcohol on the plane like right. they're bringing it on board and things like yeah. that i mean yeah it's, it's a combination of things but in general i think there's also this like thing when we were just reopening and things like that meant we just don't we are we're feral some of us are just out here wild you know like yeah i mean i, I got in trouble at yeah. staples center you know what i mean because <laughs> i was too wicked against the suns in the playoff game so oh really yeah remember i t- remember i they took my name down and shit because I was no. screaming. They're like, hey, man, you you can't be screaming shit like this from the stands. I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's a, it's, it's, it was 2020. I'm having a hard time. And I I decided to get cathartic at the Laker game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you, once you just, like, marinate in your own house for about a year while all the news uh, is, like, you know, teaching you different ways to hate each other, mm-hmm. turns out once you stick them back together... Right. Yeah, it's not a great situation. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oof. Yeah. Have you seen any have y'all seen anything on flights? I know DJ Daniel was telling me he saw something recently when he was coming back. Like his flight took a minute to get to the gate because someone was wilding out. But I don't know if have y'all encountered unruly flights. I haven't been able to fly. My wife is very pregnant. So our last trip we had to drive to Montana. Mm. So we did it as a road trip. And then our in-laws were taking a flight on the way back and they got the flight got delayed like three or four times in the space of I mean, it was still a faster drive than it was a flight. But uh, yeah, something about like knowing that you're going to do that drive seems preferable to, you know, having the the goalpost push back over and over while you're just sitting in an airport somewhere. Right. Yeah. This dude I was sitting next to, like, shit his pants, was, like, throwing food all over the place, you know, punched me. Uh, it was my three-year-old, but it was uh, <laughs> still still a pretty pretty dynamic performance uh, by him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's going to be on the no-fly list, God willing, yeah. after that. <laughs> I know, something about it. But, yeah, it's I, I have a hard time noticing anybody else when, when I'm traveling with a with three-year-old it's just head down every flight is chaos apologizing to people yeah i mean he's actually not that bad but uh, yeah do you ever give uh like is that there is that normal where people like are like i have a baby here's like here's apology gifts yeah yeah i'm pre-empting the uh yeah your plugs yeah yeah what like we're usually trying like make contact with people around us and sometimes they're just like why are you talking to me? And sometimes they'll, <laughs> they're like, oh, I get it. You know, yeah, I, no have a, I have a kid or I have a nephew. And yeah, it's, it's good just to like have, because otherwise you just feel like if there's silence in the internet, like you haven't interacted with them, you're just assuming the absolute worst sure, about sure. how they feel about things. So yeah, it's, it's always good to just like kind of make brief contact. That becomes like a new, like, little bit of decorum from anti-maskers or on flights like hi just so you know i'm gonna refuse to wear a mask so it may <laughs> i'm really sorry here's some gift cards right but it's just my freedom and i understand that's probably going to inconvenience you and that's not fair to you but here just please take these earplugs and these flex cuffs and my family just we can't weather the price drop on my semen um, <laughs> right. so i'm gonna have it's to important to me that uh my semen goes for top dollar yeah uh in the year 2022 so, well, let's talk about let's talk Fox News real quick, because they are going to have to announce their vaccine status, probably just internally. Right. Like yeah. we're not going to get to know their vaccine status, are we? No, I mean, no, but, man, HIPAA laws. Yeah. HIPAA, <laughs> hippopotamus is going to protect them. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure, look, you know what's going to happen. Somebody there's going to leak this shit. And then oh, it'll yeah. be all on wax. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But that seems like. 
that's what could happen to take the wind out of some people's sails. Maybe yeah. it'll get, I don't know. Look, but here's the thing that's been passed around. If you worked at Fox, they got this real nice uh, alert. It says, dear colleagues, as all of you know, the health and safety of our employees has been our priority at Fox News Media since the start of the global pandemic 17 months ago. Whether at work or at home, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a tremendous impact on all of our lives. Here are some of the steps we are currently taking given the recent rise in COVID cases nationwide and the spread of the Delta variant. One, we have asked all, and it's like underlined, employees, whether on site as part of our essential workforce or working remotely, to upload their vaccination status into Workday. That's how I know this shit's real. They just said, hey, please put it in Workday. Work <laughs> hey. um, and then it's like, this is being done for uh, space planning and blah, blah, blah. It says all employees must enter their status in bold no later than today, August 17th, by the close of business. So that's a little, that's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people are I like, mean, huh, that's not what you, that's not what's on the air, though. Right. Hmm. Yeah. What are are they doing it just to make sure that people aren't falling for this vax bullshit? You think that's what's going on? Because I could actually see the person leaking it being either, you know, somebody who's like, ha ha, Tucker Carlson sucks and I'm going to show that he's full of shit. Mm -hmm. But I could also see somebody leaking it because they're like, they betrayed us by getting the vaccine type shit. So either way, I don't care why you're doing it. Please leak this information. It's probably the anti-vax people don't want to be around all those vaxxed employees and they're worried about right. uh, the... You know, what will do their sperm? More gelins or whatever they're worried about. Yeah. Larry Kudlow is like, I can't do it. Like, I can't be around yeah. people like that. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on uh, cum futures. But is, <laughs> is Fox News even that popular anymore? It feels like it's kind of it's kind of like diet soda to the real hardcore Q. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing numbers. They have been, you know, people have been migrating to Newsmax and OAN, but it still seems like it's still part of your full, your complete and balanced right wing diet is you got to mm. have your you got to have your vegetables in the form of Fox News, I guess, before you get to the yeah. sweets of Newsmax and Mike Lindell. But you got to. You got to smuggle in a little uh, Ziploc of OAN in your underwear to, just to get that yeah, hit. Snort of, it in the flight yeah, yeah. and then fight all the passengers. But I mean, it's funny We've because been there. They, clear, they clearly know, right? Fox News clearly knows as a business that they can only way to operate safely is like is to do this because they know that COVID is serious shit. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, well, we just want to make this place as safe as possible for our goons to go on camera and then be like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Fuck Joe Biden and vaccines. Just go out there and be free because we know what the people want because we're all in Manhattan. We know what <laughs> Red America is thinking. It's like, yes, the fuck is this? Hey, they're in enemy territory. You know, they're just plotting from behind the lines. Mm. The... Yeah, I I don't know. I, it seems like Fox's ratings are still pretty dominant, but we're just like not really paying attention. But they're just as popular as ever. And then you also have the OANN and shit like that. Yeah. And then they're in weird like, but it's funny because all of those networks have like double speak going on. We're like some people will be like, no, like it's serious. And then like 20 minutes later, they're like telling you like it's going to turn your arms to like lizard tails and. Who knows what the fuck? Yeah. So I did develop grayscale after I got the uh, vaccine, but that's just <laughs> kept to be trying to attack people in a boat. You know, <laughs> is that why your hand was wrapped in that rag? <laughs> I was like, what, what happened? Trying to keep that, that on the low. But yeah, a little grayscale. Never heard yeah. anyone. Have you tried sacrificing your child to the fire god? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, the one that punches you and poops everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, my consultant, my grayscale consultant, has recommended that. And we're just kind of looking at various options. <laughs> Let's talk Canadian election real quick. Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. Going to the border. It's Let's Canadian go. Canadian election coverage. The thing that uh, the Zeit gang has been clamoring for. This is just, it's always interesting. It's like finding out about the laws of physics on another planet. It's like, this is like they can, for instance, call a snap election. Mm -hmm. So Justin Trudeau just was basically like, hey, we're having an election on September 20th because he thought he would get, regain a majority in the House of Commons. So it's like an impromptu election. What, uh, what a was, dumb system. It's like they don't even have like some right-wing talk show host to spend millions of dollars uh, making a, a new election. They can just I call know. it. That's so dumb. Snap election, dissolving parliament. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. 
Let's go. <laughs> it was supposed to be October twenty twenty three. So we're going we're going off uh two and a two years, one month early. Is mm-hmm. that no. Yeah. That's that's how math works. Mm-hmm. The Conservative Party tweeted out an ad using a jib jab animation from the year twenty oh four. It's mm-hmm. very wild. They basically just like copy pasted Trudeau's face onto Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka to be like he's complaining. He's a he's a complainer, <laughs> and people are just pissed at Trudeau for calling an election at all. Like it I seems love- like the worst thing that he did was call this election. I love how polite even the attack ads are in Canada. Like, I remember when I was in Toronto when this election, in the lead up to the election, when uh, when Trudeau got elected and like the attack ads on him were were just people, uh, people in bars and like other places were being like, we just don't think he's experienced enough. And that was like, <laughs> right. That I don't was like care a for vicious him. attack ad. Yeah. Right. I don't think he has the right ideas to be qualified, to be quite honest with you. And here it's like, he's a fucking demon who eats fucking <laughs> yeah. puppies. Like, wow. Eh, well. I think the slogan was, he's just not ready. So it was just a bunch of people go, being like, he's, I just don't think he's ready. Wow. Hey, and which like leaves the possibility. It's like, I, I might consider him if he yeah. was ready, <laughs> but he's just not. So I guess I'll be voting conservative this year. Yeah. And the other thing is like, to your point of like, why are you calling an election right now? Because it's a very... Like you're saying, there's a there's another wave of COVID happening because the Delta variant is also making its way through Canada. And a lot of people are like, this isn't the right time. Like, it just shows a disconnect between the politicians who are like, well, I know Trudeau sort of logic is I did a great job with COVID. So maybe if I call a snap election, they'll come back, they'll help vote liberal and give me a majority. And then that'll help me out without realizing people are fucking just exhausted and drained. And then you want them to vote in person during another wave of the pandemic. And they're also like vote by mail isn't a really popular thing in Canada either. So it seems like a bit. You have to vote by moose. Oh, boy. There it is. Hey, (laughs) all right. (laughs) But yeah, just. Yeah. And they're saying like his numbers aren't even like strong like they they think that he's probably going to get the same like he won't even get the thing he was hoping for right at this point so shout out to trudeau kind of a a cell phone it seems like this reminds me a little bit of like the the brexit thing where they were like okay let's do the sensible thing and hurry up and get this over with and then turns out people aren't as rational as as the uh liberals think they're going to be Mm. i've made a terrible mistake (laughs) but yeah a ton of money to have an election and then just kind of be like oh i got the same votes huh (laughs) (sighs) ah fuck all right well i guess they don't like me as much as i thought all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about important stuff like the new host of jeopardy And we're back. And we talked last week about how the search for a new Jeopardy host ended with the executive producer of the show. So, like, it was, I just remember, like, when we first heard that this dude, the guy who was the EP of Jeopardy, was, like, basically considering himself as a candidate right, to replace Alex Trebek, and, like... That that was the moment, like, it seemed so, like, embarrassing and self-serving and fraudulent. Like, mm-hmm. but then, like, many news stories in the modern era just, like, hung around for us to get used to the awkwardness and, like, stench of it enough for it not to seem that strange. And so by the time, and then also by the time he announced that he was the choice, they had already, like, seeded the media with, like, reports of, like, how the ratings were bad for these other much more popular guest host options like Mm -hmm. LeVar Burton. But anyways, just kind of taking a step back when he first guest hosted, he had, he felt the need to like give a weird preamble where he's like, Hey, sorry, Ken Jennings like canceled last minute. So (laughs) guys, I'm just doing this to help with a scheduling issue. I know it's a little embarrassing since I'm no host, but 
you know, the show must go on. It's like when you when you ask a model their origin story, it's like, oh, well, you know, I was just going with my friend to an yes, audition. Exactly. And they, they chose me because I just happened to be there. It's total coincidence. Right. So it turns out Ken Jennings like had a scheduling conflict that was easy to overcome. Like, and everybody who worked on the show was like, yeah, no, we'll work with Ken, whatever his schedule right says and he was like no i don't think we can do it we better uh so just like that's how he like forced his foot into the door to to get in there he has like people are now pointing out that he said multiple times on this podcast he used to have that he wasn't a trivia guy (laughs) (laughs) that's what he told ken jennings ken jennings is was like alex trebek's pick for like Alex Trebek left him like his cufflinks. Yeah, and, that was pretty crazy. Like leaving him cufflinks in the will. Yeah. Like he was basically like, this is my chosen successor. Right. This dude is this last season was his first season as the EP of the show. So he has like it's not like he has like a great relationship with the people on Jeopardy. And in fact, he's been sued at, or like as part of a suit for just discrimination and harassment. So one suit, this is all from a report by The Ringer. That's a pretty great read that people should go check out. We'll put it in the footnotes. But so this woman who was one of the models on Price is Right in 2010, he he had recently laid off several models. And then she went to him and said, hey, I am actually pregnant, so I'm going to need some time off. And he said, go figure. I fire five girls. What are the odds? which she understood to mean that he would have fired her if he had known she was going to get pregnant. And then after giving birth, she learned that her contract had been terminated. And then he also just like he made them wear shorter uh, dresses on the prices. Right. Talks a lot about like women's appearances in a very like cavalier and like 1960s, 1950s, like just shitty misogynistic way on his podcast and people also said, like, from the start of him taking over for The Price is Right as the EP, he was trying to become the host of The Price is Right. This is just like oh he's... My, so that's his M.O. Yeah, that's his M.O. He's just always wanted to be the host on TV. I'm like, It's it's funny because it's like the the entire... Like this expectation that someone be a game show host, which is kind of like this very 1960s ideal of... You know, like the handsome, right. inoffensive guy who you don't know his personal life because that was like impossible to do in the back in the day. It's like we're still expecting someone to be that, but not realizing like all the weird retrograde baggage that's going to obviously come along with anyone who has that persona mm-hmm. now. Like, of course, this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> Like, right, and then, right, and then yeah, not to his mention- life's goal was to be a game show. Host. Like, <laughs> what do you think he's gonna be like? And now, like everyone's like, they found some remarks on his old podcast too, where he's like, talk. He's just saying some even like worse shit. Was calling like women, like what was it the the co host or one of the presenters on the show that he was referring to like as a, like a booth hoe or something? Yeah, he called her a booth hoe, and uh, I I don't know the world of game shows enough to know what he's even implying. A, they called her a booth statute. I mean, there's like booth babes, like that's kind of a thing at any like sort of tech comic book gamer thing. Oh, like a con, like hire. a convention, right? Yeah, yeah, they used to hire like you know hot girls to be the face of whatever to attract people to whatever booth they had. I said, so, I mean, I I took that as him. Trying to do humor, but being, again, like this weird sort of Seacrest kind of guy where they can't really do humor convincingly because they're in that weird host bot mode. Yeah, the host bot mode. Exactly. And just the thing he falls back on are like criticizing women's appearances. He used the R word for somebody with a disability. Yeah, kept calling this woman a booth slut and a booth hoe made fun of a woman's weight in horrifying terms, said she was so giant she wouldn't be able to fit out the door and huskadoo and fat and not good. And then just has like complained about people being on food stamps and unemployment benefits. What? Just like, like all what around. else do you fucking need? He was like saying some <laughs> other stuff like people with big noses are Jewish. Like, yes. He's yeah. got 
it's almost like, yo, what what more does he need to say to make this clear that he should not be the fucking host? He's like, I don't know, I got some more, I got some more podcasts that didn't come out you can listen to if if the case isn't made enough. But then yeah. on top of that, too, you saw someone did a poll that showed that like by like by a huge margin, more people wanted uh LeVar Burton over Mike Richards. Like it didn't even yeah. matter. It's like even people were like, this is who we'd like or prefer. And he was still like barely making any kind of waves in like a poll of like actual Jeopardy fans. Yeah. Um, but let yeah. me just read from the uh, Ringer article about just what the process was like. They say Richards, the guy who ultimately chose himself for the for the job, controlled nearly everything about Jeopardy's uh, most recent season. Sources say this led to a myriad of conflict of interest. Uh, quote, he was the one rehearsing and giving directions to all the guest hosts who may not have realized they were competing with him for the job. He could influence the promotion of those shows and the respective guest hosts. He had personal relationships with the executives involved who had entrusted the show to him a year before. And then it's not hard to see the structural advantages that such a candidate would have. Would he vigorously advocate for the strongest guest host as an EP normally would in that right. situation? Huh. Well, yeah, what is he going to the higher ups there and going, look, I got to tell you, you know, I'm the EP, LeVar, he, he crapped the bed, huh? That was bad. That was, I don't think Ooh, we can do it. You know who would be sick is me. Like, hey, what? Ken, you know what people love? You know, you just go out there, you just rattle off a few racial slurs. They love it. They eat it up. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's that's the, that's our audience here at Jeopardy. I think you should I got really this cast go and I want you to check out where I was just kind of crushing it. <laughs> or like sabotaging them. Random. That's what it was actually called, even though it was a... Uh, a supposedly a behind the scenes of uh, the Price is Right podcast. He, which uh, everyone was clamoring for, right? He get he called it ran dumb d u m b because that was his comedy talk radio show from his days at Pepperdine. Oh my god, he went to Pepperdine. <laughs> he also, oh, uh, as we've talked about, scheduled Lavar Burton, who was like people's. It was either Ken Jennings or Lavar Burton, like people in most people's hearts. That's what people wanted to see. People have pointed out that he aired LeVar Burton's episodes in the midst of Summer Olympics, which right. caused many of them to be preempted on uh, NBC affiliate stations. And then somehow, even though the ratings for that shouldn't have been put on par with like non-Olympics episodes of Jeopardy, somehow it got out that the ratings were really bad when LeVar Burton was on. So uh, I feel like this article was so extensive and brutal that I almost sort of questioned it after a while. I was like, oh, my God, next they're going to be like, oh, and he also he kicks his dog. He doesn't right. wash his hands after he goes to the bathroom. He's always yeah. double dipping in the salsa bowl. Like it was, right. They were going brutal. Right. He yeah. eats his toenails. I mean, where does it end <laughs> with this guy? Honestly. Yeah. But wow, it's like it's so much like it. But he's like he's he's just being an American, you know, like how you, you gerrymander <laughs> oh, yeah. the fuck out of a district to win. He was just gerrymandering the fuck out of whatever, whatever he had. He was at control of enough levers that he could make shit look a certain way and then be like, hey, it's me and Mayim Bialik who like, don't look at her past comments on whether or not she believes her kids should be vaccinated. But anyway, here we go. I think that's why, like, this is such an interesting read is because it is, like, how America, how decision-making works at a high level. Right. Like. Absolutely. Straight yeah. slavery. Yeah. Just the, the like, kind of getting his foothold in by announcing himself as a candidate, being like, hey, but I'm withdrawing myself in, from the, uh, you know, selection process because I don't want to, like, tilt the scale because I am obviously a serious candidate. It. Like there, I, I'm reading this book about Robert Moses. That's a thousand pages, so I'm still reading it and will be for the next three years. But they talk about how he would get projects approved by basically starting them, even though he didn't have the funding for it. And then once they were started, people wouldn't like go back on it because you already like had the foot in the door. You already had like the momentum started, and like once a project is started, it's much harder for people to like pump the brakes and put the brakes on it so just like getting himself like mentioned as a candidate that was like the thing that he had to do to like get the momentum started and then after that he was just able to fucking control all the levers to and just shamelessly exploit the situation hey did you guys watch any of his not my hosting no 
No, I haven't. I haven't seen it for a while. I, I haven't. It's one of those shows I have on my DVR that I just binge at certain times, and it's been it's been a while. So when Bob Barker left Price is Right, they he tried out to be the host of Price is Right, and at that time he wasn't powerful enough to <laughs> choose himself. So they ended up going with Drew Carey. But one of the producers who was part of the selection process at the time said. He knew all the right words to say, but he did not bring anything special personality or performance wise to the test show. His performance was compared to that of an eager student performing in a college show and putting on his best impersonation of what he thinks a game show host is, which is brutal. But if you watch him as the Jeopardy host, it is like so spot on. That's exactly what it is. It's like. Every word is equally enthusiastic, and I love Jeopardy! Yeah. It's just... Well, I mean, that's like the kind of crap that we've been wanting from these people for for years, where it's just like we want this, like, eager... Like you said, like a Seacrest bot. Like, we want this squeaky clean person who has uh, a hollow hollow hole at the center of their personality. And, uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of poetic that someone would try to be that for like half of their adult life and then when he shows up people are like man this guy sucks <laughs> yeah, fuck you man <laughs> yeah dude what is he's got no heart review though my god that is so brutal <laughs> now to be fair he did and who knows if this was because he didn't select him but that producer was immediately fired after the selection process to make room for richards so wow. you know he might have had certain feelings about that i also enjoyed that when he got sued when he was with the prices right it was like the two named people in the lawsuit were michael richards this guy uh no relation to kramer and adam sandler no relation to the actor right (laughs) (laughs) commoner comedy luminaries wow this Uh, is so i was okay so as you're talking i was trying to find a video of of him hosting the prices right but in and and looking for mike richards prices right host I found this video from five months ago on ABC, which just reeks of fucking propaganda. It's ABC News saying Jeopardy interim host scores rave reviews. Mm. And it's Mike Richards. And you're like, oh, man. So this has been a fucking just campaign. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just man. months in the making. Oof. Who is Anyways. Mike Richards? He's a fucking robot. Cypher. Yeah. All right. And then real quick, we do want to talk about, you know, we don't always mention when new movies are announced, but there's this new movie coming that I think we're all pretty excited about. It stars Emily Blunt as a Pinkerton agent. The So if you don't know Wait, from Pink- when, like a from, modern Pinkerton? No, 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 no. So she is the first woman Pinkerton agent. And we're acting like that's like a Yas Queen girl boss moment. She uh-huh. was like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg of people of who rat fuck <laughs> civil rights leaders. Yeah. So if people don't know what the Pinkerton Agency is, uh, it was founded in the mid-1800s. And it was basically like a hired army for tycoons to bust strikes and terrorize unions, which included hurling dynamite at peaceful labor protests, engaging in a 12-hour gunfight with striking workers during a strike at a uh, Carnegie steel mill. The Homestead strike. Yeah, they yeah. still have them. Like, they were a few months, or like, I don't know, less than a year ago, they were advertising their services to, like, Facebook and Google, saying that they would send undercover Pinkertons to Silicon Valley coffee shops to, like, spy on people that were leaking information from well, Facebook and Google. Yeah. What's so amazing is the one kind of mega company that we do know has used them in Europe is Amazon. And you'll never guess what massive media conglomerate has decided to buy the rights to this movie. Amazon? It is Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. I also just like this because, you know, Emily Blunt is married to John Krasinski, who makes like pro CIA propaganda for Amazon Studios. So there's like kind of this nice little group of uh, people just doing the bidding of uh, capitalism, violence on behalf of capitalism. She also played like the relatable. What what was she in Sicario? She was like either a relatable DEA agent or like a relatable ICE agent or a relatable uh, yeah, FBI yeah. person. I can't right. remember which it was, but uh, 
Yeah, she's good. When you want to put like a nice face on something, you just send in Emily Blunt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's it's interesting that Amazon is bankrolling a movie that is going to put a girl boss, yes, queen face on on Pinkerton. Do, do we know when? I mean, like, I feel like the only thing that gave them any positive press was when they thwarted this like this dude from assassinating Abraham Lincoln. Like yeah. that was like so their first the good that deed on the, that like sort yeah. of let people that's softened people on Pinkertons. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, they did. They foiled an assassination plot. And then they also yeah. just fucked up a bunch of people who were striking for better wages. Like, but then, I mean, Weezer wrote a really good album about them too, which was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, Rivers Cuomo has always been pro Pinkerton. Yeah. The the President Lincoln account is also mainly based on the accounts of a guy named, let me see if I can get this right, Alan Pinkerton, <laughs> who was, quote, known to be an exaggerator mm. and also was the founder of the, the Pinkerton agency. A little bit of a early Mike Richards. <laughs> the bar for like an exaggerator in the 19th century had to be really high. Really too. fucking oh, high. Because yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, I mean, swing for the fences when there's no way to fucking verify anything. The kings of the world were like explorers who were just like basically professional liars. They'd be like, yeah, I went to a uh, place where people walk on one leg and they have one eyeball and it's on their ass. And people were like, thank you, Marco Polo. You are our king now. Yeah. P.T. Barnum. And then you had like, you know, Thomas Edison, like electrocuting an elephant and be like, see, this is why the other guy's thing doesn't work. Yeah. So I guess uh, what's the what's the film called? I don't. Let me see if I can find it. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. But it's gonna be called like American Detective or some shit. Right. Pinkerton. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Right. I, yeah. I don't it's, know. It, it, that sounds uh, about it is right. being EP'd by 2024 President Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. So you know, it's oh, it's that, yeah. that's real. He's like oh, uh, producing it. He's producing it, yeah. Dude, wait till we see wow. the Rock Jim ticket. Jim from the <laughs> it's the Rock and Jim from the Office ticket. Yeah, and I guess like, he was Whoa. in uh, he was in Jungle Cruise with her, so maybe they're like BFFs now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe there's something steamier there. Hmm. Hmm. I can't picture the Rock ever having sex. Oh, that's <laughs> the only thing I can picture. <laughs> that's so weird it's like this you, weird thing i've been talking to a neurologist time, yeah. i'm like i can't envision envision anything in my <laughs> mind that, except for the rock just fucking smash yeah. he has to do like the people's kind of lingus in the middle right of it. exactly <laughs> and then i've hit rock bottom <laughs> emotionally hey all right uh well vince it's been a pleasure as always having you where can people find you and follow you uh, I mean, obviously, I am the film and culture, senior film and culture writer at Uproxx, always on Uproxx. And, you know, if you like listening to my voice, I've also got the Fraught And uh, we do a Sopranos podcast called Pod Yourself a Gun, which yeah. is available wherever podcasts are sold. And uh, that's it. Vince Mancini on Twitter. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, many, many uh, recognizable guests. Um, if yeah. you listen to this show, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are, our guests are handsome and distinguished. <laughs> Uh, I got to do the Pine Barrens episode, which was... Oh, I'm so jealous. I remember when you said that, I was like, they fucked me. That's my favorite (laughs) episode. (laughs) And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying, Ben? Oh, yeah. Yeah, This was like, I had to find a tweet that wasn't like a video one, but I thought this was pretty good. It's uh, from someone I don't follow, but I think I started after this. M. Nate Shyamalan says... Can't believe the only political options in America are we have to catch and spread a deadly virus to defeat the satanic pedophile elite, or we spent nine months trying to make the bus $5 cheaper and we did not succeed. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Loved that one. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. And if you like 90 Day Fiance, check out the other show, 420 Day Fiance uh, with Sophia Alexandra. A couple of tweets I like. First one is from at Javrar, R-A-W-R, saying February 22nd, 2022, which is 2-22-2022, falls on a Tuesday. So we will wow. be able to call it Tuesday, which is really keeping me going. 
<laughs> what a low bar, but I, I get you. Uh, and then another one, Doug J. Balloon, New York Times pitch bot, tweeted, we wanted to make sense of the new scientific paper on the origins of COVID-19. So we talked to some QAnon enthusiasts at a Sbarro on Staten Island. <laughs> some tweets I've been enjoying. Brian Lynch tweeted, the Supreme Court is just a regular court, but with sour cream. And Amy at... Lola Nui tweeted, my body is not a temple, it's a spirit Halloween. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you will like, as well as a link to where you can buy tickets for the live show. Yep. Uh, the live stream, uh, which you can watch from the comfort of your home. Miles, what song are we sending people to go check out? Okay, this feels appropriate. This is like a like a Black and Knees crossover. George Benson, who does the song Breezin', and I think a lot of people, if you're into Yacht Rock, you've heard this like instrumental track. It's very easy listening. Well, this is a cover by a Japanese artist named Masayoshi Takanaka, and it's his cover of Breezin'. So it's just got this like it, it's a familiar, easy listening track, but it feels like, I say this a lot, like it feels like a video game menu from like an early PlayStation game or something where you can, you can play it. It's a just stimulating enough, but also will set a nice mood and keep you relaxed. So take this one into your weekend. It's Breezin' by Masayoshi Takanaka. All right, we are going to link off to that in the footnotes. footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.